Hey there, senders. What is happening? This is episode 38 and uh, really excited about this one. I've been waiting to do this one for a while. I uh, was able to see a guy out there writing every single day during the pandemic, and his goal was to write 365 days out of the year when everything was crazy and everything was locked down. And that gentleman is Frankie, and his channel is called Send It Frankie. We actually had it set up to have him on the show just before his injury. So excited about this one. Uh, Looking forward to having you hear it. Before we get started, I always like to say thank you to the supporters of the show that keep this thing rolling. First off is 7IDP. Thank you so much, 7IDP, for all of your support and keeping us protected while we are out there on the trails. Um, 7IDP, if there's anything that you like, take a look at them at 7protection.com. Enter the promo code SEGMENT for 15% off of your purchase. Uh, Next up is YT Industries. Live uncaged. YT Industries, it's all about the fun. Uh, First place is great, but fun is what it is all about. Um, YT Industries, the YT Mill, and the YT Mob, thank you so much for your support for the segment podcast. And thank you so much for the YT Jeff C Core 4. I've been running that bike since I got it, and it is so much fun. Highly recommend it if you're looking for an all mountain bike. Next up is Tasco. Thank you so much to Tasco for supporting the show. Tasco, the awesome shirt company, but as you know, they are getting into so many other things. We all have seen the gloves that Tasco makes. They've got for this summer, they've got the Phantom Series. So really lightweight, breathable, but protective equipment. Uh, nice, easy, breathable, flexible gloves. They almost feel like you're not wearing any gloves. They also have that magnetic uh, stitching at the top so that you don't have to take your gloves off should you need to make a phone call or take a picture with your phone. Also, the Scout shorts. Gosh, man, those are the best shorts for mountain biking, in my opinion. I love those shorts. If you need anything from Tasco, click on the link in the description and you will automatically get my 15% off discount for anything you need at Tasco, whether it be the Phantom shirts, the Phantom shorts, or the gloves, or whatever you like, um, make sure you use that link to get 15% off. Last but not least, thank you so much for protecting, protecting the eyes, Spy Optic. Spy is just has incredible glasses for your lifestyle, sunglasses to help protect you, as well as their patented technology that is called, as you all know, that is called the happy lens. The happy lens actually filters out the blue wave light, but lets in the good blue wave that actually increases alertness and mood and been clinically studied to show that it is effective at doing that while keeping you stylish and shaded on your eyes. They also have put that happy lens technology into their goggles. Their foundation goggles are the widest peripheral goggles on the market to allow you to see more of the trail when you need it. Uh, Spy is one of the companies underneath the Bole brands, and the Bole brands include Spy, Serengeti, and Bole. If there is anything that you like at spyoptic.com, uh, please use promo code SENDERS10 and get 10% off your purchase. All right, guys and girls, without further ado, hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure had a good time talking to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Send It Frankie. All right, senders, we are live for another podcast. 
had been gone for a little bit, but I am back and uh, really excited about uh, the guest on this show today. Uh, been looking forward for this one. This one, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you, Mr. Send It Frankie. So, hey, uh, what's up? How are you, Frankie? Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Frankie and I were backstage talking, and man, already a lot of good stuff was, was coming out through um, his experiences with mountain biking, even like the name Send It Frankie. So there's a lot of cool stuff to dive into. Already we got uh, folks here in the audience. We got Mr. Adam Mock in the house right now. And we also have Debbie, the producer. She is she's on the line. She's listening on the drive home. I'm awesome. still at Sky Park, but she's leaving now. <laughs> Love so Sky fun. Park. Sky Park's awesome. And they got those races. Oh, look at this. We got MTB DH. Drew is in the house. What's up, Drew? Appreciate you being on here, buddy. This is Mr. Send It Frankie. So, Frankie, look, let's get into your story. Um, the, the segment we kind of dig into uh, who is Frankie and how you got started in mountain biking. And you were just sharing a little bit about that with me, but I love to just share with everybody. Um, so, Frankie, Tell me a little bit about the whole Send It Frankie and when you got on a mountain bike. All right. Uh, so um, the name Send It, uh, I think it really like resonated with me ever since I was like young, right? I would always get like an idea or like some, some, some idea would pop in my head. I would just go for it and just go do it. So the name Send It has always stuck with me. And um, we were talking earlier um, from when I first got my first job, I didn't even question. It was like, all right, you need to go to China, Hong Kong, and then US, and I just did it. Dang. So I guess what I, like my whole entire, it just, I, I with the Send It thing, it, it just feels very close to me. And um, I did that like China, Hong Kong, us for like 10 years and i really just got wow. sick of it i was like all right i'm not gonna do this anymore Dude, i need to go travel. there's a lot of traveling and um if you know if you ever traveled overseas you can only stay in china or hong kong for only three months at a time then you would have to leave the country and then go back and so it was like every three months i'd be traveling dang like i would stay three months i would travel to hong kong probably stay for like a week and i'll travel back to the states probably stay for like a month and then move back and then travel back to China for, you know, three months and then go to Hong Kong for like a day or two and go back to China. That, that was like my life for 10 years. Dude, that's crazy. Cause you're a Southern California kid and you just yeah. took a job and was like sent out there, you know? Yep. And sent out there. And um, it, like when I, when I grew up, when we we're in Southern California, like I remember actually I didn't grow. I actually grew up in East coast, Maryland. Oh, if you wow. can believe it. So my first action sports was uh, skiing. That was like the thing that was everybody was skiing. So I was like, oh, I love I love skiing. And I just I skied my entire life. And then when I moved to California, when I was about 12, that's when, when we moved here and everybody was snowboarding. And I was like, all right, let's go snowboarding. And I snowboard <laughs> for it for like till I graduated college. Dang, and that's that when I was like, all right, boom overseas that's and that's uh, ended attitude again yeah, that's a, yeah, that's attitude. <laughs> and uh when i went out well after 10 years it really was like i didn't really have much action sports and there's like no action sports in asia right 
So it was it was really boring in in Asia, and I really got sick of. I needed to do something. I can't just keep doing what I was doing, right? And I was like, how about let's go to Taiwan, where I was born. Okay. Um, but I don't know Taiwan very well. I came here when I was really young, like five. So I my recollection of Taiwan is like indoors mostly and outdoors, just a little bit outdoors, but mainly in one city. So I said, you know what? Let's move to Taiwan. Let's go to Taiwan because I know the states. I grew up here. I don't know Taiwan. I want to know my get to know myself and that's when i that's when i got to taiwan met a friend who has been mountain biking and i was like all right let's go mountain biking that's the first time i went mountain biking was in was in taiwan no way and then right when i got on mountain bike the first day was pretty much i knew right away i was like this i'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life <laughs> this is crazy you got bit by the bug <laughs> you yeah, by like the, the first bike day bug. too like seriously <laughs> the first day i was like this is what I'm going to be doing because I can do this 365 days. Like snowboarding was, was like a seasonal thing, right? When you get to December, that's when you start thinking, oh, let's go snowboarding. But mountain biking, I was like, wow, I can do this so every day. Awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Right. You don't have to check the weather. Well, no, you don't. You, just, you don't have to worry about the tides if you're surfing. Right. You don't have to worry about the crowds. Yeah, you just go. Exactly. So, so you're in Taiwan, and uh, you, this is back when you were working and doing the crazy traveling and everything. Yeah, you get, you get to Taiwan. I didn't even realize that there were mountain biking. There was mountain biking in Taiwan until just recently. What What does the yeah. terrain look like there compared to out here? Uh, I was like we were explaining earlier. I would say the whole entire mountain biking industry. Like I would say, just enduro riding and downhill riding no more than two, 2,000 to 3,000 people. That's it. Wow. I mean, because there's like this, uh, I guess, the, the the Asian, the Taiwanese culture, right? Um, when they hear you going to do something like dangerous, they'll be like, hey, it's too dangerous. Stop doing that. So mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of shy away from it. It's like, oh, it's dangerous. You're mountain biking. You're in the woods. You're going to get hurt. What's going to happen? So not a lot of people do it, but, you know, the people that are, mountain biking in Taiwan, they're pretty serious about it because most of the, most of the trails in Taiwan are um, rider built, right? Like with everything else is rider built. There's no like public parks. There's nothing. Everything is illegal in Taiwan. There's no wow. legal mountain bike trails. Wow. It's like, like, a, zero. It's like a Ted's and a Greer all over the place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, I did, I did, I was able to find a group of riders that uh were building their own trail it was like a series it's not even that it's not even that huge but that's when i got involved with you know building trails out in taiwan i, I only built a small section it wasn't nothing fancy but um the community in taiwan there's like this huge mountain bike party every year it's called super eight if you guys can check it out all the mountain bikers in taiwan get together have this big celebration at the end of the year probably i would say some somewhere around december Dang. and uh, it's like a huge family everybody gets drunk and there's like an enduro race you can drink and <laughs> go ride <laughs> that's like the only big party they have for mountain biking in taiwan but the community is really small everybody's together but there's not that much resources like they have here in in the states Wow, I'm bringing up a map of Taiwan as we speak, and I'm looking at it. It looks so small. It is tiny. Well, I'm gonna zoom in here. 
So yeah. the topography on it, there's definitely mount, mountainous areas there, huh? Yeah. Looks it's, like the it's pretty crazy. There's a, there's a gang of mountains in Taiwan. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievably, there's a lot of mountains. Let's put it that way. But that is crazy. One thing, about, National Park. Yeah. one thing about riding in Taiwan and building trails in Taiwan is that there's hurricanes that come through every year. Hurricanes, typhoons, they come through every year. So your trails will totally get destroyed every single oh. year. Oh, dang. Yeah. I'm going to try to do the super eight. So every year the trails are destroyed and then just the local community, even though it's, it's small, but they, they get out they, there and we go out there and we, and we fix, fix the trails after a typhoon comes through, we just go out there and then we, you know, we clean up everything and rebuild, reshape. Well, Dang. Dang, Frankie. So how long were you in Taiwan, uh, riding, riding mountain bikes? Was that like, with the within the visa limits, like you were there for a quarter of the oh, year. Or, see, or, I was born in Taiwan, so I could stay there forever. Oh, that's right. You're, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, you got the dual citizenship. I got the dual citizenship, so I got my U.S. citizenship. I mean, when I after I was eighteen, I remember. I think I was in my twenties when I went to take my citizenship test. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was somewhere in my twenties. Gotcha. So you were. You were there and uh, falling in love with mountain biking, and you just uh, how did you get now? How did you get back? How did you not just stay there? I mean, it sounds pretty, pretty awesome for you to be able to just, you know, ride with friends, um, trail build, be in that small community. The Super Eight sounds pretty dope. <laughs> Super Eight. If you click in there, there are some wild pictures. You know, people get drunk and they go crazy. Dude, right here, Super 8 Taiwan Facebook page. I don't know. Yeah. If we if we click on that, are we allowed to – we may never come back, folks. <laughs> I'll just click on this a little bit and see. Well, these are all videos. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah, there is some, it's a big party at the uh, at the Super 8 party. Wow. The Super 8 Enduro race. It's fun. Okay. The bomb, Cherry Bomb, 29 at 2020, Taiwan Super 8. Good grief. There's a little bit about it right there. Look at that. Yep. It, it's got the little duck on the on the stem, just like uh, Aaron from Trail Dogs. <laughs> I don't know if you, it, it wasn't, it probably wasn't showing, but uh, there was like a video of a guy with a with a duck on his um, on his bike, just like <laughs> just like yeah. just like Trail Dogs. Um, so okay, so you're in Taiwan, you're having a good time out there. This is now you haven't even been in the U.S. yet, and you're already hooked on on yeah. mountain biking. How did how did you make your way back? Okay, so it's like a real. It's a long story, but I'll tell it. It's 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 nothing. It's pretty crazy. If you if everybody knows, like if you look at all the high end bikes, they all have a made in Taiwan sticker. Right? Uh, like yeah, yeah. YTs, they're assembled in Taiwan. Um, uh -huh. uh, let's see, Specialized is uh, made by Marita. They, they, they design everything, but the manufacturing process is by like either Giant or Merida, right? Giant is like the biggest brand out there. Yeah. And they make a lot of bikes for a lot of different people. I mean, people don't know, but they do. They Other than their own brand, they make a whole bunch of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. So um, when I went back, when I met these the, the group of riders, I mean, it's a small community. So a lot of the riders themselves, they work in the industry. So nice. there was like a lot of connection 
to the industry. I was like, hey, you, I got there, and then they're like, hey, wow, you you're like native English speaker, and you know how to speak, you know, Mandarin and all that stuff. I was like, yeah. They said, like, do you want a job? I'm like, sure. <laughs> all right, it's the bicycle industry. I'm like, all right, bring it on. It's, it's, is that, it sounds fun, send right? it again. I see a theme yeah, coming here. <laughs> I said, let's do it. And I, and I got involved with this trading company. And uh, I just started, you know, working my way. And then, you know, they were just giving me customers to, to, to handle with, you know, uh, international accounts. And that was basically just same thing. Right? I was talk to U.S. customers, work with a whole bunch of people. And, uh, and then work with the with the manufacturing end of it, and uh, I, the opportunity came up because my my older boss he owned a brand named Quai Q U A I. Okay. It's like a little weird, odd looking shape of wheels. Like if you if you next time if we, if we come out riding, you can check out the carbon wheels I'm riding. Okay. It's like weird shaped, right? And uh, they rolled that out. And they wanted to introduce that wheel to the U.S. market, and um, they needed a personnel in California or in the states to actually, you know, go through the whole entire process for marketing, shipping, all that stuff. And they're like, "Hey, do you want to be a distributor?" I said, "All right, fine, let's do it." So I was, so I was <laughs> at that company for about three, four years, Dang. and then they finally sent me out and say, "Hey, all right, go do it." Um, fat, that's when I said, all right, I actually met my wife, Ellen in Taiwan too. And, uh, I told her, I said, you know, we have, we have a choice. I have an opportunity to go back to the States. Do you want to come or do you, if you want to stay in Taiwan, we could. So I asked her to make a decision. Does she want to come with me to the States or do you want to stay in Taiwan? She said, let's go to the States. I said, and that's how it happened. <laughs> I came here to do this. You found a send it attitude wifey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Has she, was she like, ever been to the States before? Nope. Further wow. she's furthest she's ever gone outside of Taiwan was Thailand, which is like oh. maybe two hours, two hour flight, an hour Dude. flight from Taiwan. Wow. So she yeah. sent it, literally sent it. Yeah. Going out and here. She's riding bikes now too. <laughs> I've seen videos. I've seen yeah. videos. <laughs> the best. She's the biggest chicken, but I'm trying to I'm trying to get her to understand um, riding and how she can improve on her riding. And I actually messed with her um, mental thing in the beginning because I, I I forced her onto a drop and she crashed hard. Oh, so she God. she has she has an issue trusting me of telling her what to do. <laughs> yeah, that was not good don't do that if you if you're gonna go out biking with your wife or your girlfriend um make sure they stay within their limits because right now she's kind of afraid to like listen to what i'm trying to tell her to do she'll be like no i don't trust you anymore <laughs> it's hard to get that trust back well tell her it's that's the worst they can get you crash that's the worst you can get is a crash <laughs> everybody has the otb at least once right Right. right. <laughs> it was an OTB even. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to take, <laughs> take a little bit. Here we got a couple more. The audience is building as we're going along here. We awesome. got uh, UO SoCal right here. That is Mr. Danny. What's happening, Danny? Thanks for being on. D Expired is on tonight. We got uh, my man Joey Yates on Cage MTV is on. Adam Mock is here. Trail Monsters is on as well. And then uh, Adam Mock has a question for you, Frankie, if we 
if you wouldn't mind. He says, uh, Frankie, so cool to see how far you, Ellen, and your channel have come since that first video in your car about Sky Park. Oh, dang, long time listener, first yeah. time caller. I know, crazy. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Drew, uh, MTVDH here, he says, or in some cases, it's an OTB streak. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like for Ellen, it was like a one and done, but uh, yeah, Drew, Drew, Drew is uh, hopefully Drew, you've uh, snapped that that streak. He was coming off of uh, some IR there, some injury, but uh, so you got um, you got uh, Adam's been on the journey with you, man. So see, this is so cool the reach that that uh, you have with your stories, and uh, you were telling me earlier on your videos, not to change the subject, but just real quick, you were saying you had over a hundred and how many videos do you have out there on your I, YouTube? I think I have over a hundred like fifty. I gotta be somewhere close to 180 because the Dang. previous year I was making it weekly. And I was just putting up random videos until the COVID thing happened. Like if everybody's wondering like what my 365 was, um, like, well, let's, let's, let's go over that. Yeah. That <laughs> when, yeah. When my, when my, um, when I was doing that distribution thing, when I came back to the States, we were, there was a lot of things missing with um, what I needed to do with that company, right? There was like, we needed to build trust. We needed to build a lot of marketing. We needed to build relationship with um, companies like uh, bike shops and IBDs and whatnot. And uh, everything was, we were building everything. We were like posting ads on Pink Bike and TBR and everything until COVID happened, right? Mm. Once like, it was like not anticipated. Once COVID happened, our initial our initial business concept was all based on going to exhibits and going into bike shops and going into a whole bunch of just being in person or trail side demos and all that stuff. But yeah, once COVID happened, yeah. boom, like our whole entire business concept had to be switched around. Like we had, we had, we had to go 180. We were like, all right, do we need to go online? Do we need to do this? Do we need to do that? And, um, during that whole time, we were trying to figure things out, and it was, I guess, no one wanted to put extra money in at that time because everybody was so afraid to do anything because there was no vaccines in the beginning. There's yeah. not much knowledge on what we should be doing. Should we um, even mask? I, like people were like questioning all these crazy things. Right. They kept refer referencing back to the Spanish flu. It was like, yeah, oh, dude, are we going to lose half of our population here? What? Yeah, the it was heck? crazy, right? So there was like zero action, zero nothing, and we were just like, you know what? I can't keep dishing out money in my own pocket because it really wasn't my brand. So you know, I said, you know what? Let's drop it. And by that time, it was already like, it's already been at least four months, no biking, right? Oh. Everybody was like, cause I went out once during that COVID time and it freaked me out because like, there was like a rush of people going into the trailhead. Yeah. And um, in the beginning, like when there was no, when, when it was pretty crazy, like there's a whole bunch of crazy information like I would ride behind somebody and I would smell their cologne. I was like, oh my God, am I gonna get COVID? <laughs> COVID I was cologne? So yeah, I was so freaked. I was so freaked out, right? Because like I don't know, I don't know if any of the information makes sense or, or whatnot. And so it was like zero writing for like four months. And it was like zero business for four months. Oof. It was like absolute nothing. 
And one day we just said, you know what? We're going to stop the business. And then once that happened, I was like, I told Ellen, I told my wife, I said, all right, I'm going to try and take this YouTube thing seriously because there's really nothing else for me to do right now. And um, the one thing that I want to do is I want to write every day. And she said, okay, go write every day. And I just started doing it. And I told her, I said, okay, on, on one condition, um, I'll have to wake up at four every morning so I can go ride, uh, so I can be at the trail side at six, finish my ride by eight. Dang. So I can avoid the crowds because we went out and I was like, no, you're not going to go ride with that many people in the trailheads, right? Yeah. That's way too many people. So I told her, I said, I'm going to I'm going to wake up every day at four. I'm going to go ride. <laughs> she said, okay. Dang. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Dang. And that's what birthed the daily MTB progression vlogs, right? That yeah. was kind of, we would see it on Instagram. We, we would, uh, if we were following you on YouTube, it yeah. was like daily. So you were in it. You were yeah. in it, committed. Yeah, very committed. Um, I think it was good. Uh, it taught me a lot about editing um, because, I mean, I still struggle with a lot of edit edits and I still struggle with being unorganized because I'll have some thought and I'll screw up. But it really taught me a lot about like this whole whole thing. Before I was just doing random like easy edits and putting things together. But after that, it was, it was pretty pretty amazing to do i mean i progressed a lot I, pro I did progress a lot and i wanted to do like a celebration at the end like end of 365 compare my first day for example first day at greer versus now i mean yeah but i was never able to make that because i snapped my uh snapped my ankle man it's pretty bad <laughs> if you guys if you guys are new to frankie's journey yeah at the beginning of the pandemic I was, I was noticing a guy that kept posting every single day and there were different rides. And then I found out that he's on this mission to complete 365 rides every single day for an entire year. And Frankie, you got up to, we were talking about it earlier. What, how many days? We were up to 154, 155. 154, 155 days of riding with films yeah. and edits and you and Instas that's a large commitment yeah. and uh, you were progressing quickly, but, but share with us um, the other side of it. Like you have this great progression, but as far as recovery and equipment in the body, I mean, it was taking its toll in a sense as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In the beginning, the first week of riding daily, that first week was the toughest thing because you start wondering like, what am I doing? Like my muscles are aching. Am I really gonna have a lot of fun? And, um, or am I gonna kill my fun? Am I gonna go out there and I'm gonna end up hating mountain bikes? Mm, like uh, a job or something, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like questioning myself, but most of the time I would hate myself when I'm waking up at four. I'm like, oh God, it's four. Am I really <laughs> gonna do this? But once your tires start rolling, then you start smiling. And then it's like a different thing. Like, oh, I'm smiling again. Like all my problems went away when I'm, you know, when I'm behind the handlebars. Oh, so that was pretty easy. As long as I can get myself onto the trail, then I'm smiling. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that, that was good. But I think the hardest part was trying to manage like a day of hard riding at Greer followed by a, a day of, I would say, I would have to kind of calm down and ride something not as intense 
Mm. Because like two days of very intense writing, the third day you're gonna burn in, mm. you're gonna be everywhere. You're not, your mind's not gonna be correct. Right. Because I, I wasn't, I still wasn't in that racing mode. I didn't know, I don't know anything about racing, right? I think most of the downhill racers, they train daily. They don't ride daily, but there's like a regimen they do. But I didn't have any regimen. I was like, boom, go out, ride. Wow. Um, what did you learn about yourself in the 180 days? Like physically, did you have to, did you end up learning more about your nutrition and sleep and, and, and things to help you recover? Yeah. Well, the thing I learned about my body is I had to do, I have to put, I have to input a lot of protein, like crazy amount of protein. If I didn't take that much protein, my muscles would ache much faster the next day. Wow. That was, so I, like every post ride, I would have to wolf down like three eggs right there and then right after the ride. Now the right. That window. Yeah, that pep protein powder. I have to do it right there and then. Like even if you don't want to eat, you just have to do it. If you don't do it, you're not gonna feel right. And then you have to stretch. Um, and then you have to like roll your muscles daily. Like just I'm constantly on the roll. I'm sitting there in bed and just watching TV and just rolling my muscles, rolling my muscles. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to ride the next day. Dang. Yeah. That's a commitment, man. That's that's uh that's impressive. Um, Danny at uh, Urban Outdoors SoCal says recovery rides. So like you're talking about going hard at Greer and then and then taking like some nice flowy greens probably yeah. the next day. Yeah. What would you qualify for you? Because I, I know you weren't under a regimen or anything like that as far as, you know, the Guinness Book of World Records. You know, they weren't watching you to, to make sure you, that would qualify as a ride. But what would you qualify as as a as a ride? Like like I know for that me, I so probably subjective. <laughs> like 120 days. I'd be like, I think I got to go check the mailbox. There might be something in there for me. And ride the bike down there and be like, check, check. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, not but, literally, but you know what I mean. The mental capacity of of uh, I got to make sure I get like five miles. I got to make sure I do like at least a thousand feet or something. Did you have well, anything like that? Not really, but I would say the thing that really helped me out is the EMTB. I think mm. without the EMTB, I wouldn't be able to ride daily. I think, uh, and it, it's, I would say, I, I gave myself a goal. I would say when we went to ride Greer daily, um, all that time, we would do like 18 to 20 miles. That would, like every Wednesday would be 18, Good. 20 miles. Good every Lord. Saturday, we would probably do something 20 miles. So. <laughs> Thing. In between, I would have to try and get just, I would do 10 miles would be my goal. Like I would do 10 miles a day. And then when I, when I had do a bigger ride, that would be 20 miles and then 10 miles and then 20 miles and then 10 miles. And that was the, try to, that was the goal that I tried to do. But a lot of times what ended up happening is I would take Ellen and I would try to teach her and try to coach her through like some of the stuff at Santiago Oaks and, just try to get her riding more. So a lot sometimes will be maybe less than less than five miles. I'm just trying to teach her some skills, mm -hmm. and uh, you, that's still being on my bike. That yeah. Was, yeah, still qualifies. Yeah, still, still qualifies. committed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's impressive, man. And and what what EMTB were you riding for those 155 the straight days? Norco Range VLT. And Is it was that C two? 
Yeah. Nice. And how did that bike handle over the 155 days? I I know the body was was tired, <laughs> but uh, I replaced a lot of things. Um, number one thing you replace the most is the tires. Like I, I, I don't know how many tires I I I went through. It was a whole bunch, including like when you ride Greer, you know you're you're gonna get a puncture at least once or twice. Yeah. But when you're riding like you know, 360, uh, like continuously out there, it's gonna happen. So I went through a whole bunch of tires, whole bunch of chains, um, and a few, a few cogs, few cassettes. Wow. What else was that? What else, what else did I run out of? That was pretty much it. Oh, I also busted a, uh, a rear shock, but I think that was a manufactured default, uh, manufactured defect, not, not my, not my issue. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. So yeah. that that's a commitment, dude. That's that's a whole lot. What what tires were you running? Were you running Maxis or Versus or pretty much Maxis. Okay. I was running Maxis and um any anything ranging from acid guys to DHRs, DHFs, a whole bunch of tires. I don't really I don't really have a commitment tire that I go to when you're riding that much. It was like, all right, whatever cheap tire I can get my hands on, yeah, I'm gonna go do that. I got it. <laughs> yeah, you basically just got to get your hands on a tire yeah. so you can get back out there to qualify for the next day. Yeah, yeah. That's the okay. Dexpired says, tell them about your dropper cable situation. All right, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know Nico Dexpired, he's a he's a good friend that I met like all right, previous to mountain biking and previously when I left from Taiwan, uh, left for Asia, we were gaming, like Counter-Strike. That was like, we were into that. We were playing Counter-Strike like daily, like college kids, right? All you do is play Counter-Strike, play games. And um, I went to Asia, came back, started mountain biking. He got into mountain biking and he saw me. He's like, dude, you're mountain biking after like 15 years of lost communication. That's how we linked up. Wow. And um, so, <laughs> If you guys ever messed with uh, EMTBs with Norco, Norco's EMTB inner cable, housing, all that stuff is not the best um, because the battery, like the battery, you have to take out the battery. Uh, you have to take out the motor and sort of loose the battery so you can like adjust the adjust the the dropper seat post cable. Okay. And uh, I didn't know how to do any of that. And, and uh, expired is a better mechanic than me, so I said, "Hey, you know, you need to <laughs> you need to help me out on adjusting this," because I went to the bike shop and said, "Hey, man, adjust my uh, uh, dropper seat cable for me." It was like an eighty dollar, close to a hundred dollar job because they have to take out the motor, Dang. so they can they can you know move the the cable. Yeah, and. Um, that was like the, the toughest thing for me to do. I had not that I'm not a mechanic. I'm not really good at, you know, fixing stuff. And that was one of the processes I had to go through when you're writing daily, you have to start buying all the tools because going into a bike shop is really, really expensive. You just have to figure everything out. And there are a couple of days where I was like, Oh crap, I need to just ride my wife's bike and forget about my bike. Cause I wow. can't fix it. Yeah. Wow. Dang. That was really, really tough. 
So did you did you get stuck on the mountain with your dropper with your seat up high or something on the on the uh, DH or did you you finally figured out how to adjust that cable? Yeah, I mean, yeah, on that ride, I was at I think when my cable uh, snapped that oh. the uh, the cable snapped when I was pushing it through. I was at Exploration Exploration you, Trail. Yeah, Exploration yeah. Trail. <laughs> I remember that, and I was like, really, I was so pissed. I was like, oh my god, because I knew right there and then I had to drop the motor. Like, you know, like that impending doom, like, oh, my God, you have to drop a motor for a dropper, uh, dropper seat, dropper seat post cable. I'm like, no way. That's so much for a dropper seat post cable. Yeah. You don't but have to get tangled up. Yeah. yeah, that's really tough. Wow. I mean, that's now Exploration Trail, was that, is that, is that a six-mile DH? That's over by uh, Sky Park, right? Um, that way? Yeah. Running Springs. Running Springs. Yeah. yeah. So you drop, you drop the motor in your uh, – where does that when it snaps like that? Does your seat just does it just slam all the way down, or is it stuck in the position that it's we're... stuck in that position? So you kind of have to ride high. Oh, like, you have to ride whatever position that it got stuck because when you pull the if you pull it out, it's like oh, how do you, you? There's nothing you can right. push it back in with. You know, like <laughs> right. if you push the button, it's just gonna pop up. <laughs> oh, oh man, even worse. So yeah. so you're yeah. like at, at the highest point. When it when it snapped and you're still yeah. how far into exploration trail were you? I was like maybe a quarter in. Oh geez, good yeah. lord! That, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that was that yeah. was a, to expire. That's a good story. You were like an OTB land trying to just stay yeah. off the saddle and and oh man. So you're you're running all these. You run every single day. You're running through you know mechanical issues, your body and everything like that. You make it up to day like 154 or 155 um, and tell us about that fateful day because for the folks who don't know, um, spoiler alert, we'll go ahead and uh, let everybody know, but um, you ran into an issue that actually sidelined you from, from this uh, project and uh, go ahead and tell the folks what happened because right. that was actually something serious. It was it was pretty serious because uh, I I pretty much fractured my left ankle at Greer, mm. and I was riding with uh, Orvin and Rory. Um, if you guys know who Orvin, if you guys ride on the weekdays at Greer, you probably seen uh, two older dudes on on tasers, and they're just hauling ass everywhere. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that's I a good with... point. We, we should bring that up. So when, when when Frankie was saying he's doing dailies at Greer and he's putting in 20 miles and he's on an EMTB, he's riding with Rory and Orvin. And if you guys have ever seen them or ridden with them, those 20 miles are not gimmies. Those are you're chasing these guys down the hill. They are pushing it and they're freaking fast. Yeah. So those are those are intense uh, 20 miles. Sorry, I just had to put that out there because that's uh, that is uh, you're pedaling. Yeah. And uh, so I, so it was with them, but I think the story begins the day before. Um, I would say a couple of weeks, like I would say about two weeks before, <laughs> I would say about two weeks before I broke my left ankle, I went to San Clemente, single tracks, and then mm -hmm. I got there. I went with my wife and we were like, hey, this place is pretty cool. It's got little tiny jumps. And you know, and then you start moving over, and you're like, "Whoa, you're bigger jumps!" And I was looking at it, I'm like, "Wow, doubles!" And then I got really excited. I was like, "All right, 
I found the place where I can, you know, progress, right? And um, I think, so I started going to San Clemente. I started trying now, you know, the, those small, started with the small jumps and then worked my way to that uh, jump line at San Clemente. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the first day I was there, I was like, shoot, all right, I'm really going to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it by myself and I'm going to try and see if I can complete the whole night. I actually did it. And I was, I was really successful at San Clemente, the, the, the jump line. I did it. I accomplished it myself. Nice. Nobody took me in. I was like, Holy crap, dude. Yeah. I, had, I think that confidence was like way up. Right. I was like, Oh mm-hmm. man, I think I finally got the jump down. But honestly, looking back, I really didn't cause after I will, I will talk about it later. Cause after the injury, I kind of, started looking at a lot of how to's because it's one of the things that I said, you know what, I, I think I need to really know, I got to stop the send it mentality and really work on some of the fundamental skills. So I think it was too much success for me at San Clemente. Mm. And then when I got to Greer the next day, so I went, I did, I was very successful at San Clemente. I was doing all these jumps. And then the, the day after I went and I said, hey, you know what, there's this double on break right. So at the very bottom of break right, it was like this weird, it's like this weird double. And um, I said to myself that day, I don't know why, but I said to myself, I said, I looked at that jump. I said, you know what? The penalty isn't bad, right? I said that to myself in my head and mm-hmm. I saw Orvin come through and Orvin was pumping the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And then when he, when, when he, when he jumped it, um, after he said, after the jump, he's like, you need to pull up and get a lot of speed. Mm. And for some reason, I didn't really listen to him. All I had in my head was, the penalty isn't bad. I think I can, I can pull through. Yeah. And I did it. And then I was like, <laughs> and I just broke my, broke my left ankle. And uh, the, what, what really scared me that day was when I came down, um, I OT, well, I hit my my front wheel tapped the end of the front side of the landing, the front side of the double. So I, I tapped that and I went OTB forward. I felt the sharp pain in my left. And for some reason, I thought my, I thought I had some kind of, I thought my bone was actually piercing out of my, my ankle. That's mm. how bad I thought it was because yeah. the impact was pretty hard. And then, um, when I turned over, I saw my foot. My foot was like crooked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crooked. I was like, oh shit. And then my sock, I was trying to, the main point was I was trying to feel if there's any bones poking out. Mm-hmm. And then my foot just went, <laughs> went back. And that was a pretty scary moment. I think out of the whole thing, that was the, uh, that was the moment that I felt pretty sick i was like oh when i watched the video again i'm like ugh, that was pretty disgusting what just happened because i couldn't believe my foot being in that way it is and it just popped back yeah Um, for the folks for the folks that are listening uh if you go into frankie's youtube and you want to see it he actually puts that on film because you were rolling film when this happened and so um i believe it's going to be uh, my broken ankle medical bill. Is that the one? No, no. If you go down, like, uh, it should be further down. This trail, uh, this, you'll see me like almost crashing. 
Empty crew madness. Keep going down. There. The this crash. crash did not end well for me. <laughs> yeah, the crash did not end well. So wow, you have so yeah, multiple films rolling right there. I see that front tap right there. Yeah. As as you're as you're um trying to come in for the landing. And for the folks who've seen it, the crash was kind of crazy because you see the initial impact and then you see yourself go flying over the handlebars. Was was the ankle, did it break off of the pedals when you impacted or did it break after you got sent off the bike and, and broke on the ground? Do you, do you recall when maybe that could have happened? I mean, I, I, it happened so fast. Cause like yeah. when I turned around and I flipped, um, I didn't know if it was, I don't know if my foot broke because I was also clipped in. So oh, I wasn't sure geez. if I wasn't sure if because I was clipped in, so my foot went sideways, mm. or when I flipped over, my foot kind of went right into the rock. I cannot be sure what happened because it was mm. it happened so fast. So fast. Yeah. yeah I, I watched that video a couple of times trying to figure out where and, and uh definitely there was a heavy impact at the beginning that then sent you off. And I was thinking to myself, maybe that's where um, that's just that compression and the way you got sent off the bike, it happened right there. Yeah. Um, but then again, the way you got sent off and the way you landed too was hard as well. So gosh, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's hard to tell, but if you guys want to take a look, it's called the crash that did not end well. It's on uh, Frankie's uh, YouTube channel. If you type in, send it Frankie right here, it'll pull it up. And it's on down uh, eight months ago, 626 views. It's uh, 11 minutes long, but um, definitely you tell a great story too on on leading up to that day. And uh, then you also tell a great story on recovering from it and everything else that, that came from it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, here we go. Producer Debbie, she's got the oh face on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not, that was a very, very crazy crash for me. And that was probably one of the things that i don't know i believe all things happen for a reason um mm. i think it kind of opened my eye to more different to, to different things that i i should pursue rather than doing you know something crazy but i guess uh i think one of the things that i found that changed my writing now is when i was injured I got, um, I think it was Dick Spired. He showed me like, hey, dude, you got to check out this channel called Joy of Bike. Oh, yeah. Like, I love those guys. Lee McCormack and Alex. Yes. Yeah. Dude, right? they're, they're some of the things that they talk about. It was like, oh, man, that's like the, that is what I needed to, 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 to learn, right? Especially hinged writing. I think that was one of the things um, that I talked about in my, one of my recent videos because like, I, I, I was, I am, I'm trying to get out. I am a, a squat writer. I would always squat in my, you know, like my muscles would be in the, I would feel pain in the wrong muscles. Yeah. Just until I watched, eyes. yeah. And I, until I watched their video, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm doing this completely wrong. So I don't know if I would have watched their video if I was doing the 365 days because, oh. um, within the 365 days, it would be riding. And then I would come back home, go to work. And then right after work, 
I would go make videos. And that was like, mm-hmm. that was the only three things that I did. Ride, work, video, and then sleep. Ride, work, video, sleep. Ride, work, video, and sleep. No, the only two. That was the only thing. But I think it was it was good because after that, I think the hinge writing really changed, um, really changed my writing because when I came back, I'm not writing a hundred percent. I'm still kind of like hanging back, but I'm already PRing my previous records, like, like easily, easily, okay. easily. That's like wow, it's a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah, smooth is fast. Fast, fast is yep. smooth. <laughs> what they say, slow is, slow is fast, fast is smooth, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, technique has so much to do with it. I know um, if you talk about the hinge writing, if you ever watch one of the writers who's on here tonight, um, Adam Mock. Adam Mock has a great hinge. If you watch him ride, he's uh, he's got he's got that technique down. A um, couple folks wanted to say a few things here. Um, Urban Outdoorsman, Danny says going back to the bike and running it uh, that many days in a row, he says rear tires and brake pads for my rain is what he goes through a lot. Um, Dexpired, this is a little pun for you, but it says we dubbed the trail break right as break left in honor yes. of Frankie's left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't been back yet. I haven't been back yet. Yeah. I'm trying to make my way back. Yeah. That's uh, it, it's funny when you talk to people about that jump at, at break, right how how it's like the the landing's kind of funky you got to get the speed at it you know you gotta everything has to kind of line up heading into it yeah. for it to, for it to run smooth um but i have a feeling you will you will get that redemption soon um it'll be good uh danny says san clemente is the best mini jump line to 12 steps send it yeah. um at adam mock here frankie you were so chill when the injury happened yeah dude that is so true when <laughs> When we're watching the video and you're like, this is going to be pretty graphic and you roll over and you look at your ankle and you, you touch it and it pops back into place. I think everybody just spilled their popcorn. They're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and and I was like, chill. I was, you know, like I was in shock. Right. I didn't know what to think. And like the, the thing that was, that I was thinking about during that time was all right there's nothing protruding out, out, out of my skin. Mm-hmm. So let's try and get off the mountain as fast as I can and get to a hospital. That's, that was the only thing I was having, like I was thinking about. And luckily, you know, Orvin and Rory, he's like almost 70 years old. <laughs> he carried me out of there, <laughs> which is Dude. pretty crazy. These are you beast know? modes, man. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, they carried me out. And uh, Orvin made this makeshift, uh, what are those things called? Uh, he found little sticks and yeah splint that's right yeah he made a little makeshift splint and then i actually in the beginning i was kind of like sitting on my butt i was trying to you know scooch my way out of the the trail but then i was going way too slow and Mm. uh, i told rory i said you know what i think i can manage one foot on the pedal and one foot out so i can slowly roll out because i was going way too slow probably take me three four hours just to get out of the trail right right and not to mention that slow you might you might tip over yeah. or fall on it or who exactly. knows you know now it's like struggling it was already like really stressful to get out of there so Gosh. i got back on the bike and just kind of rolled slowly break slowly throughout and then 
it's a pretty intense day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's scary, man. That that's definitely scary. And I remember hearing about it, and I remember feeling feeling for you because I was so amped on your goal. Yeah, and I was proud of you because here we were in this pandemic, and again, like to bring that back up, but it was one of those moments where it was kind of that definitely was in that send it mentality because people were locking down, people were afraid to go out. And here was a guy that was kind of like going out and hitting it every single day and, and progressing and showing us what it looked like to just push yourself and to, you know, be in that moment to stay fit to all those things that we were, a lot of us were a little bit fearful. We were right yeah. there, but then, you know, we were able to watch people like you that were just out there living it. So it was kind of like, all right, damn, yeah. man. He could do like every single day. I could at least do two or three days a week for sure. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. The goal was to really inspire some, inspire people to get out and ride. I mean, I wanted to inspire my wife to get out and ride with me, my friends, and you know, just just get out and ride regardless of you know what situation you're in, because most of the time, I start smiling. Like I said in the podcast earlier, I start smiling when when the tires start rolling and. Mm. You know, I want everybody to feel that because when the world starts smiling when you're rolling on tires, I mean, that makes a better world. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. people, you know, not so angry. Like, all right, forget it. You know, it's all this crazy stuff in the world. Yeah. As long as we're mountain biking, the right. stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> right. We're moving our bodies and getting the anxieties yeah. out. And there was a whole bunch of stuff coming at us at that time. Tons of things to be fearful for. But when you're on a bike, it all kind of just goes away. Plus the exercise, I mean, breathing in and out of your lungs, keeping your lungs yeah. healthy, your immune system's getting a boost from the exercise. It was yeah. the best thing we can do looking back on it back then was uh, getting out there into the fresh air. And now it turns out being outside is the best place you could be. It is. <laughs> all that vitamin D and yeah. that's like what you need for to, to boost your immune system. Like that's right. how many bananas can you eat? MTVDH Drew says, my biggest roadblock, hitting a jump and sustaining an injury, which would keep me off of work. Mm. Yeah, that's, that that's, that's tough. And I know my buddy Drew here, he's got a pretty physical job, so it would be tough to be injured um, with work. So yeah, that's, uh, that's always something to consider at our, at uh, our age with, you know, responsibilities and things like, can I yep. do this with uh, one leg? <laughs> Luckily, for I don't have kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's one of the big things that I was able to do this because I don't have responsibility. You know, I don't have another little Frankie running around. So, you know, I was able to just go crazy, right? My wife's like, ah, go crazy. You don't have nobody to, you know, to look after. Just, yeah. When I come back from writing, it's I go back to work and I go find, you know, what I, I just go back and do what I need to do. I do have a physical job too because we have a dropship business. Mm. And um, so I'm like shipping and moving boxes and packing and ship, shipping stuff all the time. So, so when you came limping in from the hospital, was Ellen like, dude, she, she was really what? pissed. <laughs> she, she was really pissed. She was like, now I have to do all the work. I'm like, yup. <laughs> oh, in the first month the first month i was like the first at least the first two weeks i was i didn't really move i was like stuck on the bed so it was like transitioning from daily writing to boom you're on the bed wow pretty hard to go through 
I bet Me mentally that was, that had to have been yeah. tough. What did you, how did you overcome that? I mean, I know you had to do it, but were there things that you found that could maybe help somebody who's in that position or if somebody I, was in that position, what would you tell them? Um, I mean, for me, I love mountain bike so much to the point where I felt better watching a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of other people mountain bike. Mm. You know, there's a whole bunch of YouTube channels and then there's a whole bunch of how to. And um, since like uh, you and we were talking about this earlier too, when, um, when I'm, I'm also into, I also watch a lot of videography, like how to YouTube stuff. So during that whole entire time when it was on my bed, I was pretty much thinking of what I what I should be doing to better myself rather than thinking about like, I'm not biking. So I have to think about how to better yourself. So one of the things was how to better my riding. Mm. And then second one was how to better my entire videography. How do I shoot better? How do I color correct how do i do all that stuff on youtube which which equipment and um what i should be planning for the future of this channel if i want to be successful a whole bunch of that stuff i was like all right it's time to work on this because all i've been doing is writing and video <laughs> yeah so it's good to have a goal you need to be able to i think it's good to have a goal for you to look forward to and not think about the bad stuff because if you focus on the bad stuff, you know everything is going to spiral downwards. Mm -hmm. It's no exactly. good. Yeah, that's why you start to see you pick those things out quicker when you focus on the bad stuff. W would you say that your progression mentality on the mountain bike was part of the reason why you led to the progression when you were off the bike? That that I got to get better at something. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Uh, it's like constant i don't know maybe it's from my childhood um you know how like asian kids they grow up um you know you always feel like i'm not good enough i need to i need to beat this jock so it's like that mentality it's like i gotta get better if i'm if i see somebody doing better than me i'm like all right i'm gonna get better i need to be at that point i need to do this i need to do that i need to get there so it's like constant like all right frank you gotta go do this man pretty much that's cool <laughs> that that's uh that that is definitely that that progression is always is always good and i love how mountain biking brings it in out of out of all of us you know it's like this you you want to either beat your pr or you want to get better at something or there you want to get better at cornering there's always something to work on always. and the cool the cool thing about it is so fun you know you're working yeah. on it but you're like having a good time yeah which is which is the best and i uh, love definitely seeing you out there i actually saw you the other day at Vail. you yep. guys were just yep. getting ready to to head out there and uh get on it so that was very cool w what did you guys end up writing that day as far as uh trails I, go dude, like the trails the trail names i, I really can't I, I can't remember the trail name because if you look on trail forks and versus the trails that they have the signs up they're like totally confusing Different. i'm like okay but we did ride that greer greer-esque feeling nice um, that you're talking about it really is i rode down it and i was like dude i'm back at greer again for sure <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Exactly like greer. i'm like even this like this huge berm and then right after the berm there's like a few rock features and yep. then you're like 
wow, this is exactly like Greer. Right? Yeah. It's actually pretty fun. Um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to go back there and, you know, train my wife. And I'm trying to step up their game so they can follow me on more crazy adventures in the future. But right now we're still, we're, I guess my progression now is to try to get my family to ride along with me. Oh, that's and awesome. I'm, I'm always fearing that when they're behind me, I feel like, oh, shoot, are they going to struggle through this feature? Mm. And um, I want to get them to a point where I know they won't be thinking, oh, I need to walk this or this is too scary. I, I want to get them to a point where I understand that like, I can just go run off and they'll be okay in the back. <laughs> right. So I want to get them to that point. You know what's very cool about your your channel? So I, I could see that difference that you talked about when you, um, your videos, for the folks that have watched uh, Send It Frankie's videos, Adam Mock, I know you're one of those who's followed him, but it's very like cinema. It has like this, you could sit down and watch it as a show. Uh, one of the ones that I just saw was your adventure, The Trip of a Lifetime. Yeah. That one was set up in that, in that way that you tell the story with the, with the voiceovers. And then I think it was a, a recent one, maybe it was your latest one, when you uh, were taking a trail and your wife was following you and you guys got up to a spot where there was a ton of exposure. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, there's a lot of exposure here. Ellen doesn't like exposure. And I remember feeling the way that you told the story, you actually start to feel that anxiety of like, oh man, is she gonna be okay? And yeah. you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very cool to see where your channel is going as, as a fan and as a viewer. Um, but let me ask you, Frankie, with your channel now being where it's at and growing, are you, do you see a new vision for what you're, what you're doing with the channel? Well, definitely. Um, my, I'm trying to branch out of writing locally because I think at this point, I think everybody already seen enough Southern California trail videos, right? Everybody, all right, everybody's got a GoPro. So you can type in your favorite trail. There's like, you know, at least 200 videos of whatever trail you want to ride. So I think the story needs to be told that we need to start adventuring outside of SoCal. So for everybody, mm -hmm. and I know everybody wants to too. And um, I think a lot of, I don't want to say for everybody, but as a, as a mountain biker, I think everybody's dream is to have a van and you can load your bike into the van and you can just park on the trail side and wake up sticks in the morning go ride that's yes. i think that is what i'm trying to bring my channel to oh. so trying to introduce people to it's like hey if i can do it if i can get a van park on trail side ride and then do whatever i need to do for the rest of the day I think um, it would be more interesting. And I definitely have to branch out a little bit more because I can drive overnight and then be somewhere in San Diego area, or be somewhere in North, Northern Cal or be somewhere in Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. ride, ride for it in the morning and then probably make it back to you know Los Angeles or where I live by the end of the maybe afternoon. You know what I'm saying? But if you do it without a van, it's almost impossible to do it. It's, you have to stay to the weekends. You have to do the weekend stuff. Right. Weekdays is going to be really tough. Oh, it'd be like a mobile headquarters where you can be anywhere, <clears throat> especially if you can get Wi-Fi through it too. You could work. You yep. can uh, you know, finish your day and step right out and be right on a trailhead in Northern California or Downeyville or 
who knows, you know, that's, the, that's, that's the plan. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's you know, we, you, you and I are both friends. We have a, a friend in common, Mr. Don Zabo, mm -hmm. and he's kind of living that life right now. Uh, we were just talking about it. You guys were in Sedona and then I uh, opened up my phone and he was, uh, he was doing the trail like Kernville that I was able to just complete, you know, the big epic out there. And then he was in Utah and then he was in Colorado <laughs> and, he's, and he's got that van. It's, yeah, it's amazing. That van can do a lot of good things. I think um, that's where I'm right now. But I mean, I did plan to get a van um, sometime this summer. But if you guys have been f knowing what is going on now, it's like, Used car prices, new car prices are just Man. like unbelie unbelievably insane. It's just way too much. Like if you buy anything right now, you're just wasting your money. <laughs> right. Yeah. When things balance out, it's going to be like, man, how much did I pay for that again? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's so it's like everything has to be on hold right now. And, um, and I think I probably won't get the van until – October, November, something around there. Just okay. so when the prices settle down, hopefully it'll settle down by then, and we can we can hopefully try to get the van and then um, be out there and also introduce a little bit of overlanding. Yeah, because um, lately we've been doing post ride stakes. Like now, it's like I'm making it a monthly thing <laughs> with my friends, uh, my riding guys. Like at least once a month, we're gonna go out ride. And we're gonna grill some steaks afterwards. Nice, <laughs> that's good. You did share a portion of that on your newest video, uh, yep. where where you guys were gonna be three days. I think it was three days up in Big Bear, and uh, you guys you guys ended up doing a couple days because uh, I mean, there's just so much to do as a family up there. You know, you can enjoy it and relax. Okay. And then um, Adam Mock has a question for you here, Frankie. He says, "Who made your logo? It's dope." Right. Um, let's see. I think the logo, one of my favorite all-time logos, let's put it that way, is from Trust, the Forks. Okay. So if you look at the Trust, for, if you look at the Trust logo, it's very, very know. similar. <laughs> they don't, I mean, they, they've, they've, they've already stopped, but, uh, Forks logo. Yeah. Very close, very close, but not not similar. So I found the guy on Fiverr. He's like, what do you like? I'm like, I, I love this trust logo. I love it. I just love the way that logo is, the feel of that logo. And I was like, hey, let's let's do it. So he made one I picked. So I do have a company called Send It Sports. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much my um, dropship company and um, one of my first uh, business partners is a eBayer who does a whole bunch of bicycle parts. So it's not on, it's not even that. <laughs> I haven't even done any um, businesses for Sended Sports yet, but gotcha. these guys are different. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, that's, that's that's cool that I love how there's always a story behind the, the logo, you know, and uh, and when you see it, it's um, when you see somebody talk about it, you you get a feeling for, for what that is. So that 
that logo did it have why was it so special to you was it a certain time in your life that it just really helped resonate with you or was it just the look of it i mean the whole idea of send it i had this thing and i had this you know i already had the concept um of creating a company and i was always or or a brand for, for bicycle stuff bicycle related things and i'm just sitting there i'm thinking like okay if i if i was to have a brand like what would I name it? Like, what would you name a brand? Like, what would be the easiest thing for a mountain biker to understand? Mm -hmm. And what would be something that I would be like, hey, that's pretty cool. And it was like that term, send it. And then I was like, oh, awesome. Maybe I should name my company, send it. And then that's where I came up with the concept. That's cool. It just the send the, the word send it to me was is is always is always resonated like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it's always something I I would follow and do like everything I would do. It's like no questions asked, just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no that that fits, man. That's cool. I I had I had no idea. That's really cool. Um, got, got a question from an audience member here. It says, uh, "Why did you end up going full e bike?" They wanted to know. Okay, so. Um, my wife Ellen, I took her. I think her first time riding, um, it was the the video that Adam's talking about me in the car filming my wife at the sky park. That was her first day, really mountain biking. Like, oh, wow. like she ridden bikes before, but never, not even on dirt, right? So it's like her first day on dirt, and I took her to sky park. She was riding in. I can see she was already struggling because um, like, if you guys know anything about Taiwan and Asian culture, there's not a lot of emphasis on athletics. So they'll have like gym once a week. It's like, for us, it's like, oh, you have gym every day. You, you just have to go. Yeah. In, in Taiwan, it's like once a week. And that once a week, they really kind of just let the girls do whatever they want to do only the guys would be like playing basketball or whatever. And the girls would just be sitting around because they don't really emphasize you to be athletic at all. And I see her struggling on the mountain bike because I knew she had to really catch up, building muscle, learning how to run, learning how to do a whole bunch of stuff. And um, that would have taken like a long time. And one, one of the days, like I would, we were riding Sky Park and I was like, you want to go rent that e-bike and see how you feel on it? And she was a high bike. And like previously she would probably do like two runs on, she'll probably do three runs maximum. Okay. At, um, on sleigh ride. She'll probably do three on sleigh ride max. And she'll be tired as hell. Spent. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be spent. And that day when she rented the high bike, she did like five, to eight laps she was Dang. like wow this is crazy like she, she, she did it she did like eight laps before 12 o'clock we got there at like starts at nine and she, she do like eight, eight laps she was like what is this what is this this is this is crazy and then i'm like yeah like all right um that's when i asked her i said you you really want to get into mountain biking if you if i'm going out and adventuring and you want to come along that's like the only way she can actually follow me and uh so i said all right, let's get you an e-bike so you can, you know, we can go out riding. And then once she got her e-bike, 
I got the tow cables out because she would always be in front of me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right now I'm tired and now I'm struggling. And like, cause I, like everywhere she, she, she'll ride, she'll be in front of me. And I'm like, dude, I have to catch up. And I'm like struggling to catch up because you know, everywhere in California is climbing before you go downhill. <laughs> she gets to the top. I was like, yo, Ellen, what's up? Where's yeah, Frankie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, I have to bring the tow cables out and then like we go to the trails. Like she can only tow me when we are on like fire roads. Like once you get into the trails, you got to take the tow cable off. You can't really tow anybody inside the trail. So, I mean, when, when we started trail riding, then that would be like struggling again. She'll be all the way up top. And then we did that for like three months. I think she had her. Yeah, we did that for about three to four months. And that's when I said, you know what? I, I got to stop doing this. I need to get an e-bike myself because this is way too tiring. Like, like she wouldn't even break a sweat. Right. And I'm like struggling, struggling. Yeah. And I finally just pushed the button and say, hey, you know what? Let's do it. But this was like, this was all pre COVID, right? And right. we like, you could, those, those good deals back then. And that's why I was able to, you know, snatch up, you know, a few e bikes pre COVID. Now it's like, nah, no discount. No way. <laughs> I know. It's like, man, right. they, they sell more if they had more, right? Right. <laughs> um, Tim, Tim Haley says, I got to try an e-bike one of these days. Yeah. Got to, man. Tim, it's, you got it's game changer. Like um, a lot of people, there's so much misconception on the internet where so many people say it's like, oh, you're cheating. Or it's like, I really don't understand. Um, if you've ridden a regular bike with a non-motorbike and you get on an e-bike, you understand depending on the level of riding like if like if me riding with my wife versus me going out and ride with rory and orvin it's a complete separate thing like when you go out ride wednesdays with orvin and rory you're kind of like you're tired you're crazy tired after trying to follow them i mean if i go ride my wife i'm chilling relaxing but that's the way it's supposed to be so a lot of people think, ah, oh, you're cheating. But you know, if you want to push your e-bike riding hard, you can push it hard. You can push it as much as you're pushing it on the analog bike, right? Yes. Yeah. Everybody's calling it analog bike, but you really, you can really push yourself. Um, and a lot of people think e-bikes destroy trails and that. Like, if if I had a throttle, then it's completely different. Like, you can hold on to the front brakes and throttle, but you can't do that on the e-bike. You can't do it on the pedal assist. I mean, how much damage can you do? The only damage is the amount of times you're riding a trail. But, you know, when you're limiting people to, oh, you can only ride this twice a day, that's that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it, it's crazy because, uh, you know, just to back you up on the whole e-bike experience, my first time out on e-bike, I went to YT, and uh, we all got, we all jumped on the uh, decoys and it was with Jeff Taylor, the president, Steve yeah. Caballero. Yeah, and, I, remember um, that. I remember that video. It, I was like, I wore my heart rate monitor uh, because uh, I wanted to see how I would do within the same amount of time. We were out there for an hour and a half. I got in three times as many miles as I normally would. My, my burn rate, my calorie burn was the same amount as I would have done on my analog bike for an hour and a half. So the workout was the same. I just went three times as far in the same period of time because you're pedaling, you're getting the pedal assist, but you're like 
trying to keep up with other e-bikers. I mean, we were flying everywhere mm -hmm. and um, definitely the, the tone was smiles for miles. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Had I, had I stayed out there longer, I know I would have been, I was really spent, but I was surprised when I got back and I downloaded the data and I was like, holy crap, I burned the same amount of calories yeah. in that hour and a half. I just went further, you know? It's crazy. I mean, it, it, you really changed the game. Um, it also allows my wife to follow, like, let's say if we go out riding on a Saturday with like, you know, faster riders, my wife can be, you know, be in the back and we will finish and we'll finish our ride. We will probably wait no more than five minutes until for my wife to catch up. If we were on regular bikes, there's no way she can catch up. No way. She would be like, you know what? You guys go. I'm not, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah, pretty it is pretty, it's pretty crazy. Ramora here says, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared to sell my Ibis Ripmo if I try one. And, uh, that's exactly, uh, Ramora, that's exactly what my buddy Adam Mock did here. And he says, I actually sold my Ripmo for one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he's always having a blast on that thing. Uh, Timothy Haley says, my legs won't be jello by the time I get to the top of the mountain. That's true. That's true. It, it depends on, depends on the pace though. I mean, if you're riding it with, is. uh, other e-bikers and, and the coast is clear, I mean, you guys will still, your pedal will still be the same. Um, the, the push will still be the same. You'll just, uh, you'll probably just get up there a little bit quicker. Um, uh, Ramor says, so are you riding your e-bike more than your pedal bike now? Oh, asking me. Okay. So I, I actually, thank you for the question. I just borrowed it for the day. I gave it back to YT um, and uh, I have the YT Jeff C, which is an analog bike, but my my belief on the e-bike is i feel like if you could afford it if you could if you could have two an analog bike and an e-bike for me it would really just depend on my situation if i had an hour to get away from the family and i wanted to get in a bunch of miles and just really go at go at it i'd take the e-bike out on that on that ride if i was with the analog bike guys and we had more time to just cruise around and have fun i, I would do that but I think they're both different experiences. I, I, it's hard for me to put them in the same bucket because an analog experience and e-bike experience are too different. For me, it would be like surfing. If I was on a shortboard, I'm riding different than if I am on a longboard. Um, both are awesome. Both are fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I would think if you, if you could afford both, that would be the best thing to do. So yeah, uh, e-bike is on my bucket list. Uh, like producer Debbie here says, <laughs> she's saving up for one too. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. it yeah. Really just, it, like I said, again, it's a game changer. Like pre e-bike, you know, miles would be like if, if pre e-bike, if I do like a 13 mile ride, 15 mile ride, I'd be like, oh man, I did a 15 mile ride. Like after the e-bike, it's like 15 miles. I think I can go like eight more. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. You you really do feel like I can continue more and more and more. And then I probably only need a day to rest because I'm not that burned out. Mm -hmm. And then you can continue riding and keep on riding, doing the stuff that we love to do. Um, analog bikes, like, you know, for example, my wife, she'll struggle. She'll be like, oh, I have to put in too much time to really get physically, go into the gym and do all that stuff. And she'll, you know, like when people are presented with all the obstacles, mm -hmm. they'll probably, they'll start off strong and then eventually just kind of 
because there's mm -hmm. no fun, right, in doing all that craziness. But with e-bikes, um, once you get on it, once the bike is rolling, you still get the exercise. You're still having fun. And you can still be out there. It's like, yeah, that's it's, it's total. The changes for it, you know, every the the way how why people ride e-bikes is so many different levels of why. Like if you talk to Orvin and those guys, they've been racing downhill for so long. And once they got back on an e-bike, it's most of the guys that you talk about, they feel like, you know what, I feel like I'm back in my 20s. That's that's a huge thing. You know, it's yeah. a big motivator for, for people to get out there. It really is. It, yeah, I love how it brings the barriers down so more people can experience the joy and the stoke of, of riding bikes with, yeah. with us, you know. And you see mixed groups out there. You see people with e-bikes riding with people with analog bikes, and they're yeah. all in the same group. So you can still enjoy it. I was actually on a ride this weekend at Greer, and one of the guys in our group was on an e-bike. He, he's an offensive lineman uh, that played in the NFL, so he's like 350 pounds. <laughs> But if you could imagine like, you know, the, the torque that has uh, gone through that gentleman's legs and hips and knees and everything, but the mm -hmm. e-bike allows him to uh, get out there and, and ride, which is, which is fun. And we all shared the same stove, laughed, you know, hit the same run, hit the same features is it, good stuff. It was really good stuff. Um, Danny, you also Cal says, Mark, you surf. Yes, I, I do. I, I used to live by the coast before I moved up here. So put a lot of years in uh, on the surfboard. So that's kind of like my mind when it comes to the e-bikes and analog bikes. You know, if you were a surfer or have been on a board, you know that it, one board just doesn't do it all, right? You've got your you've got your long board, you've got your short board, and in between you have your fish and you have all these like different thicknesses and shapes for whatever the conditions are. And I feel like that's all uh, where, where the mountain biking could potentially go to as well. You know, you've got your short travel bike, big travel bike, your e-bike just kind of, reach into your quiver and uh, what the day is going to look like. You can match it up with your ride, which is, which is cool. Um, but Frankie, we're, we're here over an hour now and, and I, I, right. I'm so stoked to have you on the podcast. <laughs> I, I've been looking forward to this one. I've been a fan of your show. Thank you. For, Thank you for a long time. Um, let everybody know what, um, wh where can people find you if they want to follow you in, in your journey? Okay, so basically the best place to follow me is on my YouTube channel, Send It Frankie. And uh, just search Send It Frankie. Um, you'll find my page, and that's where I post most of my adventures in my YouTube. Um, I do not – I'm not that great on Instagram, and uh, I need to do what you're doing, Mark, because you got a good Instagram game going, and I need to jump on that too. So <laughs> Thanks, brother. that's uh, just – my YouTube channel would be the place to follow me. It, and do you have, if anybody wanted to reach out to you for advice on anything, um, is there, do you have an email under your about section yeah. or? Sure. Yeah. yeah. The, my email is uh, just simple. Just email me at frank at senditsp.com if you got questions. Or you can go to my uh, Instagram at senditfrankie and uh, just message me there. Probably that would be the easiest way to contact me through message. I still check my Instagram. So if you guys want to get involved with, you know, asking questions about e-bikes or trail that you want to ride, ask away. Nice. Yeah. And I'm, I, I couldn't let you end the podcast without asking. Now, I know you had your goal, 365 days of riding, and it was sidelined to the ankle break. 
Are you thinking about going back in and completing it, meaning starting all over or starting off from day 155 since you're healed back up now and completing it? Or are you going to just completely change it? Where's Send It Frankie's thought process on that? Uh, right now, I I do want to finish my 365, but um, from the looks of it, I don't think my wife is too happy about it. Like, like even me mentioning it to her, she's like, dude, you're going out and ride alone. It's too dangerous because mm. something already happened once. So um, I do need to convince her that I can do this again and I can do it without crashing or you know, really pushing my limits. Uh, but I do want to complete it again, but it's got to be under different conditions or it's got to, I have to figure a way back into it because straight up going back into it, I don't think my work situation is going to allow me to do it um, because I would just, I think I would screw up work and focus too much on the writing. Mm. Uh, I think that I, that would, I would screw that up. And I, I don't think I should be doing that right now. So I'm going to try and focus everything else on still, I'm going to try and focus on progression and still I'm going to try and focus everything on mountain biking, but we will be adding um, the van adventures and uh, a little bit of overlanding and a little bit of cooking, just trying to spice up the channel, do more, a little bit more variety because I'm definitely going to put the stakes in the video for everybody <laughs> to view. <laughs> nice, man. Just trying like little it. things, yeah. Yeah, that's great. If anybody has any tips or or would like to see uh, Frankie's channel go a certain direction with certain things, uh, let them know. Let them know at yeah. uh, Send It Frankie on on Instagram. Same logo that you'll see on the YouTube channel. And uh, man, Frankie, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I, I appreciate it. Look forward to getting out there with you soon. Hell yeah! And uh, happy oh, belated we- birthday. Yes. All right. You 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 guys are gonna be you're gonna be at the uh, the uh, the thing from Transcend MTV, right? The Tran- yeah, Transcend MTV. They, thank you for that for for that. Yes. So Transcend MTV on July 24th yes. is a Saturday, um, folks. If you are if you're looking for something to do that day, seems like we have a lot of mountain bikers and mountain bike groups that are going to be up there. This is gonna be at Snow Valley. Um, if you want to buy your tickets, buy them at at uh, Snow Valley's website and enter the promo code transcend and get uh, a discount there. I think your tickets for a full day come down to like $37. And if you're a vendor, if you're a vendor um, who wants to be up there and promote to the mountain bike community or do some giveaways, vendors will pay nothing to set up that day. They could bring their tents, uh, sandbags, equipment, gear, sell whatever they'd like to sell. Uh, Snow Valley is going to waive any of those vendor fees for you guys. So that'll be a great day. Frankie, you're going to be up there on that day. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to bring my tent and I'm going to bring my grill and we're going to ride and we're going to stake. Oh, <laughs> dude, send, <laughs> I can't wait. Send it Frankie right. stakes, you guys 24th. Right. <laughs> so if you see send it Frankie out there, go up, say hi. Um, good dude. And, uh, ask him when, he, when the stakes are going to be done. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do. Uh, Frankie, good to see uh, you, brother. Anything else you want to say to everybody before uh, before we end this? Um, pretty much, I've said most of the things. But you know, I want to thank you, Mark, for you know inviting me to this podcast. I've been waiting to do this podcast for a long time, and I was a little bit nervous because I'm like, you know, nobody knows who I am. I'm just a regular 
dude. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for bringing me on the podcast. I had a lot of fun. Of Tons course, of brother. Of course, man. That's all we all are. We're all just fellow mountain bikers having a good time out there, riding riding on the those tires, like you said. When those wheels spin, the smiles come out. So we're all connected to the same source, and I, I love it, man. Thanks again for being on the show, and thank you everybody for being on the cast tonight. Really appreciate it. And uh, Frankie and I will see you out on the trails yep. with a steak in the near future. All right. All right. See you guys. You. Senders, that was another episode of the Segment Podcast. Really appreciate you all for being here, and thank you so much for listening to these casts. I greatly appreciate it. If you found that this episode was entertaining or of value to you, wouldn't mind giving me a review. would be awesome. It really would help get this show out to more mountain bikers across the nation, Um, and a five-star rating would be the best, so that would be a huge Uh, Thank you again to the supporters of the show. Uh, First of all, thank you to the supporters of the show, meaning you. Really appreciate it. If my voice is coming through your speakers or earbuds while you're out on the trail, I really, really, really appreciate you. Uh, Thank you to the supporters of the show for keeping this show rolling. Thank you so much to YT Industries and the YT Mill. You guys are awesome. Live Uncaged with YT. Thank you so much to Tasco, the awesome shirt company. Again, check out their shorts and check out their gloves. Don't forget that promo code or the link in the description to get 15% off there as a segment listener. Also, thank you to Spy Optic. If you need glasses or goggles for your just everyday writing or lifestyle, uh, use promo code SEGMENT10 for 10% off your purchase. And last but not least, thank you for all the protection. Thank you so much to 7IDP, 7 Intelligent Design Protection. If you need it, uh, they most likely have what you're looking for. Promo code on that is SEGMENT and get 15% off of your purchase. All right, everybody. Thank you again. I've got some more great guests lined up for you, and I look forward to either seeing you on the trails or talking to you on the next podcast. We'll see you then. Shoo!